Last week, I preached on Jesus healing the woman with the issue of blood. And I talked about her desperation and her tenacity. Uh, and that's going to be a reoccurring theme throughout this week's message as well. Um, after Jesus healed this woman, he then healed a 12-year-old daughter of a religious leader who had trusted in Jesus and called out to Jesus. So I want us to read that passage again and then move into our passage this week. So we're going to we're going to quickly read uh, Matthew 9, 23 through, 30, uh, through 26. I've been preaching on Matthew 9. Kara preached a few weeks ago out of Matthew 9. And that's where we are again today. So let's let's reexamine what what we read last week. Matthew 9, 23. When Jesus arrived at the officials home, he saw the noisy crowd and heard the funeral music. Get out, he told them. The girl isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him. After the crowd was put outside, however, Jesus went in and took the girl by the hand and she stood up. The report of this miracle swept through the entire countryside. Verse 27. After Jesus left the girl's home, two blind men followed along behind him, shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. They went right into the house where he was staying. And Jesus asked them, Do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him, we do. Then he touched their eyes and said, Because of your faith, it will happen. Then their eyes were opened and they could see. Jesus sternly warned them, Don't tell anyone about this. But instead, they went out and spread his fame all over the region. I want to talk about several themes tonight. Wisdom versus weakness. And do you believe? Um, I grew up in Southern California and Chick Hearn was the play-by-play guy for the Los Angeles Lakers and he made a phrase famous. Uh, And when he talked about the defense, the swarming defense, he would talk about Tenacious D. And then later a band called Tenacious D was formed also. But if I had a title for tonight's message, it would be Tenacious B for Tenacious Belief. So... um, Let's pray. Lord, we we love you. And Lord Jesus, we set our eyes on you. We're here right now yielded, but we're also here expectant and thankful. And Lord, we thank you that when we look to you, we never leave disappointed. Lord, right now is an act of my will. I just yield to you. I say, Holy Spirit, have your way. Touch our hearts and let it not be from the words I say, but the words that you say, O Lord, that come straight from your heart to our hearts. So Lord, let us be impacted and changed by your word as we always are. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to read that uh, Matthew 9, 27 through 31 once again, um, since that's our, our context for tonight. After Jesus left the girl's home, two blind men followed along behind him, shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. They went right into the house where he was staying, and Jesus asked them, Do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him, we do. Then he touched their eyes and said, Because of your faith, it will happen. Then their eyes were opened, and they could see. Just to give a a quick recap from from last week a quick recap because 
Some of you are slow. And you need a recap. Even though we just read the scripture. So, Jesus, after healing the woman who was tenacious and desperate and reached out and was healed. He goes to the home of a girl who has already died before he got there. Even said, teacher, don't don't bother. She's dead. And he showed etiquette by kicking them out, except for the mom and the dad and his disciples. Everyone else he kicked out so that he could be surrounded by people to be witnesses, but also so he could be surrounded by people of like faith. And the girl was healed. She rose from the dead. It was miraculous. Well, there's obviously a crowd of witnesses outside that room. And then she she got up and Jesus insisted that she be fed. So she ate. People witnessed this miracle. And then Jesus went home. And that's where we pick up with this passage now. On the way home, there were men, two men, two blind men following behind, shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. Son of David, have mercy on us. These were men that witnessed a miracle. These were men that had been at the home and they they had seen a little girl raised from the dead. Actually, she... They didn't see because they're blind. And I told you guys you were a little slow. You should have counted that right away. But they did witness this miracle. You know, they heard the miracle. And, you know, when we're, when we're studying the Word, it's, we need to be patient in our studying. Think about the sounds of a miracle. Think about the sounds of this miracle. A 12-year-old girl, dead. The weeping the wailing, the screaming. And Jesus comes in and says, get out. And maybe at that point there's confusion. Maybe there's anger. You know, think about what those sounds would be. If you're these two blind men, think about the sounds of this miracle. Think about the shift that takes place. One minute weeping. The next minute shouting. The screaming's different. It, it almost sounds like they're happy. What What's going on in there? The shouts of victory, the shouts of praise, the shouts of Jesus raising this girl from the dead. That's what these men witnessed. Jesus, when he's done, walks home and these men follow and they cry, Son of David, have mercy on us. That word cry is crazo. And it means to croak of the cry of a raven. To cry out aloud, to vociferate. I'm going to start using vociferate. That's a good word. Vociferate, to cry aloud, to speak with a loud voice. We're talking about an annoying, loud cry by men who are doing what? What are these loud, annoying men, what are they doing? They're stalking Jesus. Basically, we're talking about loud, annoying men stalking Jesus following him home, crying out. I mean, of of all the animals to use to describe this type of cry, a raven? I mean, that's annoying. We're talking about some pretty annoying actions. I got a question for you. 
at any point on this walk home, could Jesus have stopped? We already saw that they were healed from their blindness, right? We read that passage. Jesus ends up healing them. At any point in this walk home, at any point, could he have stopped and said, be healed? Could he have done that? At any point, right? At any point on the way home, but that's not what he did. He let these blind men follow, crying. Part anguish, part desperation. They just heard the sounds of the miraculous. And they said, we're going to follow him so that we too can experience the miraculous. At any point, he could have stopped. At any point, he could have healed him. So why didn't he? Perhaps Jesus wanted to see what links they would go and how strong was their faith. When was the last time we crabbed to the Lord? When was the last time we went a little crazy in our crying out to the Lord? That we went a little desperate in our prayer to the Lord? When's the last time we went to such desperate measures to say, I'm going to follow and cry out and scream and press in and not grow weary because I'm going to follow the one who I know can change my life. I wish I, I wanted to see if that cravo is where we get the word crazy because I want to pretend it did because it, they sound a lot alike. Sometimes we need to get a little crazy for the Lord. Sometimes we need to be desperate and tenacious in pressing in, believing Him to be who we, we believe Him to be. What was Jesus doing? Was He being cruel? He flat out ignored Him. I mean, He flat out ignored Him. There's no indication He even acknowledged them. They followed behind Him crying out, shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. But he walked the whole way without showing a single gesture of mercy towards them. Hmm. Hmm. Doesn't that strike anyone else as interesting? Or or as cruel? Jesus tried their faith. We're talking about the Son of God here. He knew their faith was strong, but He tried it anyway. He knew that their faith was strong enough to heal them. Their faith was strong enough to heal them. That's what He says. But He tried their faith anyway. In God's Word, we are told to pray without ceasing. In God's Word, we are told to not faint. question, how much praying do we have to do to be on the verge of fainting? Have you thought about that? Lord Jesus, I just, I really need this, and so I ask you to to do it, Lord. Amen. God, I'm beat. No. I'm exhausted. How much praying do we have to do to be on the verge of fainting? This is what the Word of God tells us to do. Well, why can't I just pray it and it be done? I don't know. 
about because we trust him in his ways and maybe he doesn't want a lazy church. Maybe he doesn't want a lazy people. Maybe he has work for us to do and he needs endurance in us to do what he's called us to do. And if we're lazy people, we'll never leave the confines of these doors. This, it's not getting any better than this. This is, this is like as good as it's going to get. So, you know, he tried their faith. How lazy are we in our prayers and our cries to the Lord? When he doesn't answer our prayer the first time, when he doesn't have that immediate response, how often do we persistently, annoyingly press in and follow him? I want to make a point and I want to make it strongly. It is impossible for us to annoy God with our persistence. It is impossible for us to annoy God with our persistence and our pressing in. We see it all throughout the Word. Luke 11 talks about if, if a friend comes at night and you have nothing to feed him and you, you go to a neighbor's house and you knock on the door late at night and you say, Give me some bread so I can feed my guest. Not because he's your neighbor, but because of our annoying persistence will the neighbor open the door. And that's, that's, and what's the title of what Jesus is talking about here? He was asked, Lord, how should we pray? And this was his response. This was his response to the question, Lord, how should we pray? Annoyingly persistent. Annoyingly persistent. Friends, this is the word. I'm not making this stuff up. So why are we so... Why do we lack such courage in our prayer? Why do we lack such tenacity and persistence? That, that's, this is a great point to be praying about. To be pressing in and saying, Lord, I don't know how to do this, but I want to try. And I'm going to start by trying to annoy the heck out of you. Knowing I can't, but I'm going to press and be that persistent. I'm going to cry out. Our persistent screams of desperate prayer never annoy God. They just annoy us because He doesn't answer them in our timing. I need someone who can relate to me because this totally relates to me. Who else? We get annoyed that God doesn't succumb to our timetable. We get annoyed because God doesn't answer the prayer according to our, our timetable, our script, our pleasure. Talk about tenacity and desperation. These cats were blind. And they followed, crying out. I have no experience on being blind, but I know that that there are other senses that when someone's blind, their other senses are active, especially the the sense of sound. That as they walk, they make tapping sounds. The sense of sound is active, right? What's desperation? Desperation is I'm going to eliminate my sense of sound also by crying out. So now I'm following as a blind man. I've eliminated the sense of sound because all I know to do is to cry out in desperation. So how are they following him? By faith. By faith. 
They follow him all the way to his house. Correction. They follow him all the way into his house. Into his house. He waits till they come. I'm sorry, that's stalking. That's stalking. He waits till they come in the house. That's awesome. A cool thing we see in this scripture, friends, Christ's doors are always open to us. Always. They are never closed to us. He is always open to us. What's greater? Our boldness or the welcome of God? We're supposed to operate in boldness. We're supposed to experience the welcome of God. Faith. Belief is the greatest condition of Christ's favor on our lives and His gifts to us. Faith. Faith. Belief. You can't read the book of John and go... Ten verses without John driving home the point of belief. Believe, believe, believe. Our belief, our faith. The greatest condition of Christ's favor upon our lives. But yet, so many times we don't demonstrate our faith. We don't walk it out. We don't live it. Talking it is not living it. Coming to church once a week is not living it. We've got to demonstrate it. We've got to be desperate. You know, I said it again, I, I want to say it last week, we don't like being described as a needy people. But friends, we better be a needy people. Lord, I need you. I need you. Men, none of us like to be a needy. I mean, we're, we're strong, right? We're sufficient. No, we're needy. And that's, we need him. I need him. These two men followed Christ crying out. But the great question was what? Do you believe? Do you believe? Those who would receive the mercy of Christ, which they're calling out for, right? Son of David, have mercy on us. Those who would receive the mercy of Christ must firmly believe the power of Christ. Whatever it is that we're asking Him for, we need to believe that He is both able to do it and willing to do it. Able to do it speaks of His power. Willing to do it speaks of His mercy. Son of David, have mercy on us. These blind men, as they were crying out, it's very interesting, Son of David, have mercy on us. They were expressing their faith, communicating their faith in the office or the history of Jesus as Son of David. Let me say that again. They were expressing their confidence in the religious ideals that he was the son of David, the history of David. But what they needed to experience was that he was the son of God. 
That's why he asked about their belief. Yeah, I understand that you have faith in, in me to have mercy and you have faith in the uh, religious office I represent. But do you believe that I am willing and able and have the power to heal you? That's our faith. That's our faith. If we don't believe in the power of Jesus, we have no faith. If we don't believe that He had the power to raise Himself from the dead and that He lives today and that He can heal, He can raise from the dead. He can heal somebody with an issue of blood. He can heal a blind man. That's the faith that we got to have. But are we willing to, to press in? Jesus' thoughts. I, I know that you believe in the religion of who I am, but do you really believe that I am God? Do you really believe that I am God? They asked him, do you believe? Do you believe? They're sitting there crying out the whole way home saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And his response is, do you believe? It's got to go beyond our understanding that he's a merciful God and it's got to go beyond the religious mindset we have. It has to be centered in the fact that we believe he is who he says he is. Either, either he's the victorious, powerful King of kings and Lord of lords, or I mean, I, what's, what's the alternative? A madman? A fraud? Uh, you know, he can't just be a good... He has to be... If he is who he says he is, he is all-powerful. Does our pursuit of him reflect the fact that we believe he's all-powerful? And that he's all-merciful and that he's all-loving? Do you believe... What is our response to this question? Really, what is our response to this question? What was the response of the men who never saw a miracle of His? They heard Him. But they never saw. They heard of Him. But they never saw. But yet they followed. Yet they cried out. Yet they pressed in. They were tenacious. To this question, they gave an immediate answer. Yeah. Yeah. We believe. If our worship team could come up, please. Although he kept them in suspense for a while, although he let them walk and follow and cry out and scream, Although he hadn't helped them at first, they were accurate in identifying his delay. They were accurate in identifying his delay in response. They were accurate in identifying why he why he didn't heal them along the way. What is what is that? What is it we're supposed to identify? It's a whole argument of wisdom versus weakness. Wisdom versus weakness. 
His timing. His ways. The fact that He'll let us cry out. We have a choice. We either say, it's, I trust your wisdom. I trust your plan. I trust your wisdom. Or we label it as some sort of weakness of God. He doesn't hear my prayers. He doesn't care about me. He doesn't really answer prayer. Weakness. Either he's wise or he's weak. He's not both. Either we trust his wisdom and his timing and his ways and the fact that he wants us to tenaciously and desperately follow after him or we stop short of his glory. We stop short of the blessing. These men were completely confident of his ability and of his wisdom. What about us? I mean, really? Do we trust his wisdom? When we cry out and we pray and we believe, do we trust his wisdom of his timing, of his ways, of his response? Do we trust Him enough to keep doing it and not grow weary in doing it? To not stop, but to press in, to press in, to say, I'm not going anywhere until I get a miracle, until I get a touch from you. Until I experience you. Do we trust his timing or do we dismiss it as weakness? Do you believe he hears you? Do you believe he loves you? Do you believe his ways are better than our ways even though we don't like it, even though they annoy us? They do. It is okay to say, Jesus, some of your ways annoy me. And it's it's marqueed by your timing. Your timing just kills me, Lord. But do we trust Him? Do we trust it as His wisdom instead of going, I, I knew it. He didn't hear me. What did Jesus inquire into regarding their healing? These blind men. What did He ask about? Did He ask about their wealth? Hey, how much can you pay me for this healing? Did He ask about their reputation? Hey, tell me the good things you've done. Hey, prove to me that you really are a good Christian. I need to see attendance records and I need to see tithing records. Now, what did he ask about? What did he inquire about? Do you believe? So why do we think we've got to do anything less than that? We've got to believe. We've got to believe. Jesus insisted upon faith. He insisted upon it then and he insists upon it now. If you want what I have, you've got to believe me. You've got to trust me. You've got to trust my ways.
those of us who trust in God will be dealt with according to our faith. Not, not our desires. Our faith. I don't like the fact that the Bible tells me to be persistent because sometimes I am lazy. Sometimes I am. Sometimes I just, I really would like the instant. And sometimes we get the instant, but we don't base our faith around the instant. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we get it. Sometimes we need healing and boom, we get healing. But other times we've got to press in. Sometimes we just need to demonstrate our faith by living it out. Persistently. When we're praying for others, persistent, tenacious, desperate. When we're praying for ourselves, the same sense of desperation. Lord, I'm pressing in. Lord, I'm pressing in. Lord, I'm, I'm with your word and I'm not leaving until I get something from you. Lord, I need to hear from you. So speak to me, Lord. Speak to me, Lord. I ain't going nowhere, Lord. We're on our knees. Lord, I need to hear from you and I'm not going anywhere. Oh. After this show, I'm coming back and I'm going to be so dang tenacious. We can't let the distractions of whatever that thing is stop us from pressing in. If you're here tonight and you've grown weary in pressing in, you've been pressing in and you're just weary, it's time for your faith to be renewed. It's time for you to cry out to the Lord and say, renew my strength. Renew my faith. Lord, I'm weary. And your word tells me not to grow weary, but Lord, I'm going to go until I faint. But I need your strength, Lord. I need a renewal.